Good morning, Faith Promise Church. How you guys doing this weekend? Great to see you. I want to know how many came expecting God to move in a powerful way. Come on, listen. Because God meets us at the level of our expectation. And man, I'm believing God to do something extraordinary this weekend. So lift your hands with me if you would. The Bible says, lift holy hands. God, we come to you with enormous expectations of a great anointing. We ask for revelation. We ask for a supernatural impartation. God, we ask you to open our eyes. We ask you to speak to us. Lord, we want to drink deeply of cup number two. We want to walk in all of your freedom, all of your fullness. We want all you have for us. So, Spirit of God, we just open our hearts to you. Have your way. Speak and move. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Woo! Great to see you. All of our campuses from Campbell and every campus is doing so well. Anderson and, and North Knox has just absolutely exploded in their new facility. It's going unbelievable blunt. They added a new service. It's going super. Our internet campus is just bigger than it's ever been. People are connecting and using it. And man, we're just so excited about all that God is doing in this series. Now, this series is an alignment. And if you're new, it's, we're in the third week of a five-week series called The Four Cups. And an alignment means what topic we tackle on the weekend, we dive to the next level in group ministry. And you'll see today in this message why group ministry is more important than most people ever realize. I'm going to unpack that for you this weekend. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable. So just go ahead and get your seatbelts on. Get ready for what God is going to do. Are y'all excited? All right. Now, if you're brand new, this series that we're called The Four Cups uh, came from a friend of mine, Chris Hodges, pastor of Church of the Highlands. And the four cups are the, the four cups represent four promises that God made. And they celebrated them for the first time almost 4,000 years ago at the, at the very first Passover. And so they're four cups, and they're represented by four cups of wine. And so there's no wine up here because we have some Baptists in the house, so there's no wine at any of, in any of these cups. But, but all four promises are, are at the very core of God and what God wants to do. Does that make sense? And so I'm so excited about getting I've been wanting to share this message with them. I'm just so, so fired up about it. Last week we drank from cup one. It's the cup of sanctification or the cup of salvation. And in the last four weeks, I don't know how many hundreds of people have drank of the cup of salvation, which sanctification means they have been set apart, which means they have now, they've entered into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Today, we're going to deal with cup number two, which is the cup of deliverance. And it's not deliverance like the movie, near, 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 near. So don't freak out. It's not deliverance like, you know, man, we're going to cast out demons. That's not what it is either. Deliverance is a large word, and so we're, we're, we're going to unpack that today. It comes out of Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. God speaking to Moses, say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will. Again, these four promises are called the four I wills. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. That was last week. I will deliver you from their bondage. That's this week. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. That is next week, cup of redemption. And with great judgment. You're going to see why that cup is with outstretched arm and great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, 
Who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians? Again, the four I wills. Let me tell you the heart of God without any, if you've read Genesis all the way through the Revelation, if you've read anything about the word, you know that God's heart is to, in his desire, his delight is to deliver his people. Because over and over and over and over, if you're in our Bible reading plan, we're in Judges. And over and over and over, over and over and over, they send away, they were, they were brought in bondage, they cried out, he, you know what I'm talking about? So the next week or two, we're going to be in just this cycle of, you know, God, you know, setting them free and then them falling back in it. And so that's, those are the four promises and the four cups. Now, a lot of people have drank from cup number one which is sanctification, salvation. Fewer have drank from the cup we're going to talk about today. And then next week, the cup of restoration. Very few believers ever drink of the cup of restoration. And then four is the cup of praise where you fully really realize who God is because you understand all four promises. You drink of all four cups. And then and only then do you really get the sense and experience that he is the one who rescued us from bondage. Now, we're on this journey, and we need to realize that we're never going to be finished on this side of heaven. Amen? We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to arrive. There's always work to be done. And as your pastor, which I tell you, I have never been more thrilled to do anything in my life than be a pastor, not only a pastor, but your pastor. It is a joy every day to wake up, to pray for you, to intercede for you. <clears throat> and I will tell you, I love this church when it was one location and one service. I don't love Faith Promise because Faith Promise is, is a big church. I love Faith Promise because the people in it. And so every day I intercede for you, believing God is going to do an amazing deal. So what I get to do is I get to shepherd you on your journey. I really get to be a tour guide, as you will, taking us on this journey with God as the pastor and really desiring and helping you experience all that God has for you and to achieve your, your full potential placed in you by God. God knows what you are capable of because God put all the gifts and talents within you. Now, if you've been around Faith Promise for a while and you have told your friends and your family that you go here and what's going on here, you have, you have been blasted. <laughs> Haven't you? Because, I mean, we just, we get, you know, and those that are out in front, they just get criticism. And so, but we get criticized, we get bashed, we get, you know, man, the, uh, churches and their staff meetings, they talk about us. Those numbers are not real, they're lying, all that. They talked about Easter, there's no way they had 14,500 people, and if they had baptized 325 people, they weren't really and truly saved. <laughs> have y'all heard that yet? Oh, sure you have. Because, see, we watered down the gospel here. <laughs> see, at any other, most of the churches that are criticizing us to join, you just walk down and I'll fill out a card. You don't have to be even saved. Here, <laughs> you had to go to next steps. You got to join a group. You got to give. You got to serve. And you got to sign the covenant. But we watered down the gospel. I, I got that. So, but, but, you know, that's, we water it down. There's no way. They make it hard. See, they, they make it hard. Again, we, in, in the South, we mix these cups up, and people don't understand. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, and my burden is, oh, no, we make it hard. Really? Okay, because you're better than Jesus then. So, so people, you know, get confused, and they get messed up, and that's, that's okay. That's okay. And, and part of it, these four cups is going to help, help us understand why, you know, what, what, what's really going on. Because you know what? Salvation really is easy. And salvation really is free. 
And see, they want, to, they want to take cut number two, three, and four. They want to say, well, if you don't, and if you, you know, if you don't cut your hair, and if you don't cover this up, and if you're tatted, or if you don't wear a suit, or if you don't do this. See, many churches, especially in the South, they're into legalism. They're an outward form, but they deny the power thereof. Are you all with me? And here we're in the transformation of the power of God from within you that comes from without. And so salvation really is, it, it really is simply believing your heart and confessing with your mouth. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 4, just by grace, through faith are you saved, and that not of yourself. What did I do? I sinned. That's my part. It's not, you know, it's, it, it's for by grace through faith have you been saved, and that not of yourself, it, it is a gift of God, not as a result of your works, so that no one should boast. See, you may wait about it. You really say it all I do is believe. Yeah, I am really. Because salvation is not based on work. Salvation is based on your heart and belief and a relationship with God. Does that make sense? It's about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That you believe you died on the cross. You believe you rose again. You've confessed him as the Lord of your life. And, and that's pretty much it. See, salvation and personal growth or discipleship are two entirely distinctly different things. Are you with me? It's going to help somebody. Somebody, Somebody's going to be helped this week, I'm telling you. And so we drink cup number one, and we haven't changed anything. We don't look different. We're not, we're, we're, we, we're not, we're not even, we're, we don't even really act different yet because we, we've, just, we've just drank cup number one. Cup number two, it was Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 says this. So then, my beloved, now we're talking to believers. Realize the book of the New Testament was written to Christians, not non-Christians. Are you with me? So then, my beloved, those that of us that have drank cup number one, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work, what? Both what? To will and to work for his good pleasure. See, the deal is that, that when you get, you, you, you drink that first cup and you, you've, you know, you've received Christ, you've drank the first cup, but then, the, then the, the, there's no work involved, but then after you've drank that first cup, there's some effort. There's some work that's going to be done. There, see, cup number one is for lost people. Cup number two is for saved people. It's for believers. And for every believer, God is working in you and through you both to do and to will his good pleasure in you. So God is at work in you after you drink cup number one. What? To, to grow you, to change you. See, salvation is a point-in-time event. I confess Jesus is Lord, and I'm born again. But personal growth, discipleship, cup number two, deliverance, transformation is a process. Salvation is automatic, but growth is not, is it? Salvation is easy. I trust Jesus is Lord, and personal growth is hard. But what do we see? We know that God is at work in me and through me, both to will and to do his good pleasure. So he gives us new desires and the power to do it. Now, y'all ready to learn? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Because I'm, I'm about to pastor you. I'm about to help you. I'm about, really. Because a lot of you wonder, you know, if I was really saying, would I really think this, would I really do this? How come I can't get over this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain it to you. You are made in the image of God. In the, in the image of God, did he make them? Did we make them, God says in the book of Genesis. So you're made in God's image. Does that mean you look like God? I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Help us, Lord. What that means is 
that we are like God. We are triune beings. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is three and yet he's what? You are three. You are body, soul, and spirit. You are three and yet you are one. The body, what is it? It's this vessel that houses our soul and our spirit. It, is, it's, it has desires and appetites. Would you all agree with that? We have some wants in our life. We have some needs in our life. Would you agree that your body wants some bad stuff? You better believe it does. I mean, listen, I just, you know, I commit to, I, I commit to eat healthy, and I've never seen more hot signs at Krispy Kreme in my whole life. Man, I, listen, I'm dreaming about double moose tracks. Do you, have y'all ever had a bowl of moose tracks? Because that's going to be in heaven. I'm telling you, big wads of chocolate. I just dream about it. I, you know, I go shopping with Michelle. I just walk down the ice cream aisle looking. Because, see, my body wants. Are y'all with me? This body wants some stuff that it's not supposed to have. And so we, we all want things that we don't want. Is that right? Now, listen, if your body's in charge you're in trouble. And guess what? Some of y'all, your body is in the driver's seat. It's the reason that you can't stop watching porn. It's the reason you can't stop eating. It's the reason you can't stop smoking. It's the reason that you can't stop drinking or doing drugs. All these things that you want to do, you can't do because your body's in control. Does that make sense? So that's the body. And for the body's in charge, are we in trouble? better believe it because the body wants what the body wants. And it doesn't matter if it's good for you. Some guy's on a business trip and, and his body wants to, to have a little fling. That body doesn't care that it's going to destroy the marriage. Are you with me? The body wants what the body wants. Then you are soul. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. If the soul's in charge, you're in trouble. The soul is how we think. Do you know if your soul's depressed, it'll kill your body? See, the soul won't care that it kills your body. If the soul, if the soul is in charge, you are in trouble. But the, so it's how we think. It's that old Egyptian law kind of mentality. It's, it's what people have told us. It's all the lies we believe. So we've got this body, and we've got this soul. And if we were honest, and we could all really see the triune part of us, for most time, our body and our soul leads the charge. Does that make sense? And when it does, you're in trouble. Because, you know, the body doesn't care what the Bible says. The soul doesn't care what the, what the Bible says. The spirit cares what the Bible says. The spirit is the, is the part of you that's like God. Because your spirit is eternal. It will live forever in one of two places. Your spirit will be forever with the Father in heaven, or it will be forever separated from the Father in hell. And this is the reason that salvation is such a miracle, because when you drink of cup number one, when you confess Jesus as Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, your spirit is resurrected in you. That's how the light comes on. The light comes on because the spirit has been resurrected. It was dead and in the tomb like Jesus. And when you turn and put your faith in him, boom, your spirit is resurrected. And man, now life is different. So let me tell you what happened. The moment that you drank cup number one, your spirit is resurrected. It is clean and your spirit is perfect. Now we could spend the next month on that. That is the reason that we believe, that's the reason I believe, that if a believer dies, they're going to heaven, no matter what's going on. It's not about your body. It's not about your soul. It's about your spirit. Are you with me? 
See, that spirit's the eternal part. That spirit is perfect. It's perfect. So, we, so if, and once you drank from cup number one and you've been sanctified, you've been set apart for a higher purpose, are you with me? Your body and your soul, they got some crap going on. Are y'all with me? Man, they still got some junk. And here is now the journey toward being more like Jesus begins when we drink cup number two. That's what happened. It's because you've got to reach a point in your life where your spirit has a stronger influence than your body and your soul. How do you say no to temptation? Jesus had prayed that you would, that you'd be delivered from temptation. How do, you, how do you tell your body no, your spirit's stronger? How do you tell your soul no because your spirit filled with the Holy Spirit, you and him working together, your spirit working with the spirit of God that is in you, when they have control now, see, those that walk in the, those that walk in the spirit will not fulfill the desires of the flesh or the body. See, when you, when you put all this together, there's so much in the New Testament that opens up for you. And so what, what man, so, what, so how come so many believers blow it? Because their body and their soul are in charge. You cannot let them lead. So what do we have to do? We've got to drink deeply of cup number two, the cup of deliverance. Now, I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to come back to it. The cup of deliverance is not a one-time drink and you're done. Are you with me? It just depends on how deep the flesh is how, and, and, and what's go, what has gone on in your life. Because the body and the spirit have baggage, don't they? Man, they, they've been involved in some stuff. They've been told some stuff. This is what, the, don't you, if, you're, if you're ready, say I'm ready. This is why group life is so important. Because it requires other believers for you to drink fully of cup number two. You are, that's why you've got to be planted in a church. That's why you've got to be in a group. Because it's God's will, his delight, his desire that you be freed from bondage. But it's going to require some other people. So let me give you three marks of those that are drinking of cup number two. If you're ready, say I'm ready. Number one, victory over sin. That means that you, Paul said, I buffet my body, not I buffet my body. I buffet my body and make it a slave, lest after I preach to others, I would be disqualified. He said, man, I'm making my body obey. I'm, I'm buffeting my body. See, we have victory over sin. We're able to say no. Now, what, it, what, what sin are the stupid and the things that we've done in the past? Are you with me? Have we all sinned? Bad choices. Now, the question is, Pastor, you don't know how deep that I dove in that stupid pool. Am I stuck in it? Listen, no, no, and no, you're not stuck. You can be free. You can walk free. You can overcome. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No question. And Paul gives us a perfect picture of this battle that's raging in Romans chapter 7, verse 21 through 25. This is what he said. Now, I want you, in context, this is, the, this is the greatest Christian alive. Okay, I want you to listen what he's going through. I find then that the principle that evil is present in who? In me. Paul said there's evil in me. Is he full of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. No question about it. Man, he's raising the dead. He's getting bitten by snakes. He's, you know, man, this guy's a powerful dude. Evil's present in me. The one who wants to do good. He said, I, I want to do good, 
but evil's in me. For I joy, joyfully concur that the, with the law of God in the inner man that I see a different law in the members of my body, my flesh, this body. I see another law. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. He said, I got this battle raging in me. I got this spirit thing going on, but I got this flesh thing happening. Wretched man that I am. Paul said, I am wretched. He sees this battle that's raging. Who will set me free from the body of this death? We're going to come back and talk about that in a minute. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. So I got this thing going on. I got this battle raging. I got this flesh monster that's happening. I got this spirit that's moving. Got all this going on. It's just a perfect picture of the body and the, and the soul versus the spirit. Does that make sense? And so Paul says, who's going to deliver me? Who's going to set me free? Who's going to come in this body of death? Because, man, our flesh, does your flesh ever give up? Man, I'm in my quiet time. I was on the back deck this morning. I got a fire going, my Bible, my journal. I'm praying for you, man. I'm pounding on heaven, and my flesh is doing everything it can do to pull me away from that. Is that ever? Is it, y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to pray, and things are popping in my head. They weren't even bad things. They were just things I needed to do. It was just my to-do list, and I just wrote down, my flesh absolutely will not stop. God, I'm going to keep pounding on heaven. I'm going to ignore this flesh. That's the reason many of you quit reading your Bible and quit having a prayer time. Listen, because it's hard because your flesh doesn't want to. But the flesh can't be in charge. It's like letting your four-year-old at home call the shots. That means we're having chocolate cake for breakfast. We are never going to school. We're not cleaning the house. And we're going to watch cartoons 24 hours a day. That's what happens. When, and see, we can't let the body be in charge. Does that make sense? The second mark of drinking from deliverance is being healed from your wounds. Now, the first is victory over sin. That's stuff that you've done. And we've all done stupid stuff, right? Healing from wounds are what other people have done to you. And we've all had stuff done to us. But you guys know, sexual abuse, physical abuse as a little boy. I understand how it can mess you up, the stuff that people do to you, say to you, the rejection, all that kind of stuff that goes on. I, I get that. I understand. I understand. And if you don't deal with your stuff, you'll stay stuck until you get to heaven. And I don't know about you, but staying stuck is not an option for me. I want all God has. I want to drink cup number two. I want to walk in freedom. I want to be a word of God warrior man. I want to be a great pastor. I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband. I want to serve God, and I want to kick the devil's butt all the way back to hell while we win people in East Tennessee. If you don't deal with your crap, your soul will sabotage you. And it is Satan's plan to sabotage your life, sabotage your marriage, sabotage your ministry, sabotage your small group, sabotage your business, 
sabotage all your relationships, ruin the relationship between you and your kids. You, that's what the devil does. Are y'all with me? He's a roaming, he's a roaring lion, roaming about seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to destroy you. Ephesians chapter 4, 26 and 27 says this. Be angry and you do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now we're talking about the soul. And do not give the devil a what? An opportunity. Don't give, don't give the devil a chance. And don't give him an opportunity. Don't give the devil an open door. Listen, let it go. You can let it go, and we can help. That's why you have to be in a small group to get real about issues. Some of your issues are so deep and so difficult, you need to get involved with Christian counseling. You need some help. Every pastor I know spend time in Christian Every now and then, I just go by and see Ann. I say, Ann, my life's mixed up again. Let's talk for 30 minutes and go ahead and fix this back for me, would you? We, we all have, do we all have issues? Let's don't come to church and act like we're perfect. We're never going to get there as a church. We are always going to be raw and real. So you got, but you've got, to, you've got to learn how to let it go or you'll stay stuck and your soul will ruin your life. And if it can, your soul will kill you. Number three, that shows you've been, that you've dreamt of coming to three is you have authority over the enemy. Now, you may be someone who says, ah, is the devil really real? Oh, yeah, he's real. And he exists to hinder you and keep you stuck and keep you messed up and keep your body and your soul in charge. The Bible says he is a roaming lion, roaming, roaring lion, roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. But this is the deal. If you have drank cup number one, you've been saved, then you're a king's kid. You are royalty. You're a son and daughter of God, and you have authority as a king's kid. You have authority. You have authority in your family. You have authority in the, in the heavenlies. We are seen with Christ in the heavenlies, blessed with all spiritual blessings. It blows my mind when believers get in trouble that they don't immediately drop to their knees believing that God can change the situation or change us, that God can bring the prodigal home, that God can move, that God is able. Man, you know, when my kids, all three, looked like they were going to stray away from God, let me tell you, man, we pounded on heaven for them. We'd go in their room at night while they were asleep, and man, we would pound on heaven. Man, I'd wake up, Michelle would be gone. I knew where she was. She was in her son's or her daughter's room. She was begging God to protect their soul because if the devil could get to them, he could get to me. Are you with me? We have authority as Christ followers. And we have to understand that authority. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the what? Not in the body, not in the soul, but in the spirit. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to what? Stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not your boss. It's not your ex-wife. Man, it's not your neighbor. Our fight is with hell, not with people. It's never with people. We got to love people and hate hell. And when folks come against us, it's not them. They are being empowered by hell to come against us. Does that make sense? And we power up in the Spirit of God, and we don't have to put up with Jack from the devil because we have authority. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of this darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. There actually, if we had time, there are four levels of demon in that passage. 
And we don't have time to go back and deal with all four of those levels, but I'm telling you, they are, they're out there, but you have authority. If you drank from cup number one, then you have, the, you have authority in the name of Jesus. Now, Paul said in that, in that whole passage of Romans 7, who will deliver or rescue me from this body of death? In verse 24 and 25, wretched man that I am, saved, missionary, statesman, He's the guy that confronted Peter. Man, this guy was a spiritual stud, wretched man that I am. You ever felt bad about yourself? You're in good company. Because so did Paul. It wasn't about what was going on in his spirit. It was about his body and his soul. It was fighting him all the time. Does this make sense? Now listen, I'm going to set you free. You're not going to be perfect, but you need to realize what's going on. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free, deliver me, rescue me from the body, this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, how are we going to be free? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who rescues us? Jesus Christ, our Passover, our power, the one that rose from the grave. So on the one hand, I myself with the mind am serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. He goes on in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. Oh, this is one of my favorite passages. Listen, you got to get this, church. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Let me pastor you right here. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who have drank cup one. No condemnation. Zero, none. But Pastor, I haven't been a good parent. Man, no condemnation. I'm still struggling with sin. No condemnation. I'm not where I thought I'd be. No condemnation. I'm not doing what I thought. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Our spirit was made perfect at salvation. My soul, you got to get it. Got to get this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Jesus set you free. Now, this is the deal. If you're a believer, there's no shame. How much shame? No shame. And many of you are soaked with shame. You won't serve because you don't think you, that you're good enough to serve. you got all this crap going on with you, and you don't think you can do anything for God because you are letting your soul lead, and you are not letting the Word of God and your spirit get control because if you're a believer, there's no shame, no condemnation. But if you'll keep that shame, you'll stay stuck. Are you with me? You'll stay stuck. You'll stay stuck. And man, that, I, I, I did stuff. Man, listen, I did it. I blew, listen, even after a Christian, after I became saved, I did stupid stuff. Are you with me? Man, I still step into stupid. I still, I'll never do that. And they say, I'm doing it. I'm not perfect. I'm so far from perfect, it's unbelievable. Sometimes the greatest wonder is that God could grow this church as sorry as the pastor is. But you know what? No shame. <laughs> Woohoo, baby. No shame. 
So I keep going to God, knocking, saying, fill my spirit with your spirit. Take over. I'm going to fight with you, God. I'm going to fight with you in me, with your spirit. Man, we are going to, Galatians 2.20, we are going to crucify the flesh. Man, we are going to, Ephesians 5.18, we're going to be filled by the Holy Spirit. See, the reason that people don't get drink cup number two is because they go to church, and at church they wear a mask. And in the southern church, we don't get real, do we? Come on, somebody, we don't get real. We got to walk in like we got it all together. Man, you have cussed all the way to church. <laughs> How you know that? Because you cuss the ushers. You flip the people off that are parking. I know what you do. <laughs> you leave here, man, the flesh is in control. Are you with me? Come on. I got video. I'll show it to you. <laughs> he doesn't really have video. We don't play. <laughs> you, come on. And so, man, the, so we, but we, we, in this southern, in the southern Christian deal is, man, let's just dress up and act like we got it all. We fought all the way to church. And the, we pull in and your, the wife's wiping a little tear and the kids are in the back seat scared to death because the veins are popping out of dad's neck and he's been screaming, yelling all the way to church. And he says, y'all shut up and smile and act like we're happy. And we get out. Are you with me? And we don't get set free because we hide it, confess it, and forsake it. There's no condemnation. Confess it there's, and forsake it. There's no condemnation. Deal with it. Face the issues. Let's get real. That's why you get involved in a small group. We're not going to get real with 6,500 people this weekend. But with eight around the coffee table this week as you're talking about cup number two and you say, can we really overcome the flesh? I mean, because I got this thing, man. Would y'all pray with me? Would y'all hold me accountable? Would y'all do this, man? And we get real. See, Romans 8, chapter 2, and verse 5 and 6. Let me show you this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, the law of the spirit of life is in Christ Jesus, has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Those who, who are according to the flesh, the body, has set their minds on the things of the flesh. See, if your, if your flesh is in control, your body's in control, then you're thinking about body stuff, right? But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. I want life and peace. I want the Spirit of God. I want freedom. Are y'all with me? And so... What we have to do is, we get, man, we're drinking deliverance. We see the flesh, we see the soul, and we have to change how we think. So who controls our thoughts? Who controls our thoughts? I want you to listen to this because this is more important than you'll ever know. If you're listening, say, I'm listening. I'm going to tell you the person that controls your thoughts, who you hang out with. That's who controls your thoughts, who you hang with. See, your associations, will, they will determine your destination. They'll determine what you'll become. Relationships are the key. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes, and forsakes them will find compassion. You've got to deal with it. This is the reason we have small group ministry. Because we're not going to confess and forsake. We're not going to deal in a big room like this. So there's two things, man. We, we, we confess it. We forsake it. First, if, man, if you've got a sin... Man, 1 John 1, 9, confess it. He's faithful and just to cleanse you of all unrighteousness, right? Man, we have an advocate, so we confess it. 
Man, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All unrighteousness. But see, we're not done. See, we, 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 we come to God and we agree, but then we got to go to some people. James 5.16 says this. Therefore, confess your what? To who? Holy moly, are we Catholic? Are you going to flip your collar around? No. This is the deal. We confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be what? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So this is the deal. We got, uh, uh, this is the key. You want to drink cup number two? You go to God for forgiveness and you go to people for healing. And you think you can do it by yourself because you, you stay stuck because you don't drag it out in the light. Confess it. And forsake it. You confess to God your sin, and then you go to your fr- you go to somebody. Not everybody. Come on, not everybody. You go to somebody in your small group, some trusted friend. You say, "Hey, man, I'm really struggling with this. Would you help me? Would you watch me? Would you cover my back? Would you pray for me? Would you hold me accountable for this? Then w- would you do this? Man, that's the deal. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds have drank from cup number one the last few weeks, and they need to get planted in the house so they'll learn things like this. Does that make sense? See, I want to shepherd you, and we want to shepherd you well, and so I'm the primary communicator, but you're going to get shepherded in small groups. You go drink cup number one, and you're going to be sanctified. You're going to start drinking cup number two, which is not an event. It's a process. And you, you begin to learn to overcome the flesh, to say no to temptation. Amen? You begin to say no. So I passed the hot sign at Krispy Kreme. It hurts a little. Because I feel the anointing on the hot sign. God's in the hot sign. It just came on right when I was there. Look, I'll only have half a dozen. Because when they're hot, they melt. You can eat like so many. And I'm learning, to, I'm learning that my spirit and all the stuff that was done to me as a kid and all the lies that were told to me are being exposed by the word of God. And so I'm getting better. And I'm drinking that cup of deliverance every day. Every day. Every day, every day. And so if you're not involved in a group, who are you going to get to help you? Who are you going to confess your sins, your faults, your shortcomings to so that they can help you overcome them? Listen, you don't need to go to your cousin that doesn't go to church, who, reads, who watches the Internet. Not in our Internet campus. I mean, just read stuff on the Internet. <laughs> People stop me all the time want to tell me stuff. When they get in, I say, you've been on the Internet, had not you? A lot of stupid people on the internet. They don't know anything. That's why you got to be planted in a house where people you could trust. People who have your best interest at heart. People who are going to walk with you. Are y'all with me? All right, so this is the deal. With the heads bowed and eyes closed. If you say, Pastor, I want to drink cup number one. Man, I want to be saved. Then I want you to pray with me right now. Say, Dear Jesus, I need you. I've sinned. I'm separated, and I want a relationship. You died for me. You rose from the grave, and I will live for you. I confess you as Lord. Now, many of you need to drink cup number two. You're not in a group. There are things in your life that are so keeping you from God. If that's you, just, Pastor, I so need cup number two. Just slip up your hand. Just hold it up. Man, I need it. I need it. I need it. God, right now, we're desperate for a move of your spirit. Would you, get, would, you, would you explode in our group's ministry? Would you give us a 1,000 groups to disciple, to care for, to help people drink cup number two? Would you move in great power and glory? Would you have your way? 
Would you change our story? We believe you're going to do an awesome work. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, give him praise, would you? Man. Are you glad you came? Man. Next week, we're going to talk about restoration. I can't wait. I, listen, I can, I can preach it right now. I can't wait. I can't. Listen, I can't wait. We're going to have to wait a week. And so, man, listen, you know, some people need to be here. If you miss any of the serve, if you've missed the, the first messages, go online and go get a DVD or CD, whatever. If you gave your heart to Jesus, if you'll take the communication card, fill it out, put it in the offering box, there'll be pastors here. If you just said, man, I'm overwhelmed, I need to talk to somebody, pray, there's going to be people here to pray with you. And we love you. We're always here for you. If you're not in a group, if you go to Next Steps, right through the center door, somebody will help you get in a group. Come on, let's, man, let's, let's get there. By the way, can I tell you, we're in the, we are, we are, I have almost never say this in 19 years. We're ahead of budget, and you guys are giving, man, and all the new people are still giving. And, man, God is doing the work financially. We're, we are growing. We are, seeing a, we are seeing a season of great peace and great glory. Man, and I'm so excited. I've been so excited because some of you got set free this weekend. And you, you've learned something. And you're going to walk. And so walk this week at a higher level. Walk with a closer step with him. Walk under the open heaven. Receive all that he has for you. We love you. Be blessed. See you guys next weekend. <laughs>